0: can't get enough of Cthulhu in Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash college. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at The Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised.
1: Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Bardic College Presents Cthulhu and Cairo. I'm Raz, your storyteller and keeper in this case, in this game. And we are joined by the same group that we left with last time, which is uh, Lauren playing Catherine Ross, Scott playing Vadim, and Ella being played by Kayla. So when we last left, the team was being... Ushered into an OGPU, uh, for those of you who may forget, OGPU is the precursor to the KGB. These were the known in Russia as the Little Green Men, and uh, they're being put into a car, told they would only be ten minutes, taken about ten minutes away, uh, and they had some information they wanted to pass up by to them and get some other information from them. So we're going to see how this gambit plays out. Uh, the the team was fairly certain that they were being looked at anyway, and were unsure why. So Catherine went ahead and made a phone call to her uncle in the West, Aloysius Banks. They uh the OGPU found out about it, realized they were in the building, and came and immediately picked them up. So hopefully this all becomes something uh that well, we'll see where it play- we'll see where it goes. So you do arrive at a headquarters of the OGPU. Suvanovka is a um, church that has now been turned into the OGPU headquarters. And this is actually historically accurate. This what did was a church. And before you, this is the condition it was left in in the 50s, but it was turned into the headquarters, one of the larger ones of the OGPU at the time in Leningrad. So that's where you're heading. You've seen the building. Uh, listeners, for you, uh, a, definitely a Russian Orthodox type church has a minaret at the top um, that in this picture is kind of damaged already because it was post-war and everything. But uh, the uh, it, it's a white building. Fairly sturdy for a church, not made of wood. It's it's definitely stone. It's masonry, and uh, it's a rather it's a rather large building. It has a very very large undercroft as well, uh, which the OGPU is being repurposing. So we will we will get into that. But that's where you've been brought. It's on the outskirts of Leningrad. It takes a little bit longer than ten minutes to get there, probably almost a half hour, and which you know is making everybody a little nervous in the back of the car. But nothing. No one is pawing at you. No one is pushing on you. No one is giving you any any rough time. It's just it's just a drive. So about 20, 25 minutes later, uh, you pull up in front of this building. There are about nine cars in the parking lot, several trucks as well. Uh, One of the trucks looks very similar, Catherine and Ella, to the um, vehicle that pulled up outside of the the safe house uh, several days ago, two days ago, and grabbed that woman from her family. So this definitely looks like the same type of vehicles here, uh, purposed for the OGPU for rounding up undesirables or uh, people that needed to be questioning, questioned. You're uh, brought inside. Everybody's, you know, they they help you out of the car. And there are guards standing by the doorway. None of them carrying weapons, just operatives of the OGPU, again, in green. And they usher each one of you towards a different room. All four of us? Yep. Now, Father Trellens, was he coming with you or did he hide? Did you move him? We kind of, I I assumed he was an assistant. Is that true? Is that what you guys were planning on him being? Because he won't have the story quite as clear. So I'm going to let you make a call on whether or not he is here or not.
2: No, I I think we would have, uh, you know, that he's just an assistant of mine, not really familiar with what, you know, everything. He's just to to help me run errands and things like that. Okay. Um, So my my intent would have been, because I don't think in the apartment it really couldn't have hid him. Um, you know that, no, but he could
1: have he could have went up to a different floor and waited. He could have you know ducked out. I mean, they didn't go beyond your floor. Uh, he could have been in the you know on the payphone downstairs. You could have made it look like he was just somebody in the in the building.
2: That actually that actually seems like something that bottom would do. Uh, so that seems yeah, have him make himself scarce so to speak, and then once exactly. we're gone, uh, once we're gone, go back and stay in the uh, the apartment.
1: All right, so there's a couple things that we c- that. This is going to be questions, and I'm going to have you make rolls occasionally, but for the most part, I'm counting on you to do the – I mean, I can't tell everybody to go offline and not listen to what the other player says. Um, We know your story's pretty airtight, but we're going to do this with certain questions being asked of each of you, and we'll see where we go from there, all right? Now, they know – that Faye is not feeling well. She keeps asking for a bathroom. When you're separated off, they immediately give let her go into one. Again, they're not putting her in a room with a bucket. They're just putting you into just separate rooms for a few moments. So we'll start with Ella.
0: Oh, how delightful. Ge-
1: gentleman comes in, sits Good down. Evening. Good evening. Starts going through some papers. Um, this is sort of the room, how it looked when the photo was taken. It's a little bit brighter, but not too much. Um, this is where you're sitting.
0: I can't see, but...
1: I just... Oh, right. You are sitting in... I apologize. You are sitting in a small room, maybe about seven feet wide. Probably was one time a priest's cell. Um, you know, something where a priest would have stayed in and, and done prayer or slept inside. Because, again, the Orthodox priests would have... their rectories that were many times attached into the body of the church itself. Not always a separate building like they, they are in the West. Property is much scarcer. Uh, there's a single light on the desk. The gentleman is uh, going through some papers. He's looking over at you, keeps looking up, looking down, uh, making takes out a pen. Looks like he's going to start making some notes um, and kind of pushes you off for a second. Doesn't really. He's kind of just letting you stew, is what appears to be happening. And then finally, he looks up and says, "Puts his hands, clasps them on the desk. You are Ella Volcott, yes?
0: Yes, that is correct. Born and raised.
1: And you here to make." articles for newspaper in Britain, England?
0: Yes, I work for a very independent London newspaper, but yes.
1: And you arrived here on September 2nd, uh, in plane on flight path, coming out through the Mongolia's, yes?
0: September 2nd is right, right? He's yep. not trying to confuse me? Uh, then yep. I would say, yes, that is correct, I flew the plane.
1: Where did you acquire this plane? We bought it. From where?
0: Independent contractor in Mongolia.
1: Mongolia has independent contractor for Russia, for German plane?
0: I didn't realize it was a German plane. We covered up the paint, right?
1: You covered up the paint, but I did say to you several times that all the instructions are in German.
0: Oh, well, all, Oops.
1: All the words on the interior of the plane were German. All
0: right. Well, I, I don't know. He was the one that sold it to me.
1: A Long-range military plane from germany just happens to be purchased by three western women journalists in mongolia
0: it was left abandoned in his airfield so he sold it to us
1: how much money did you pay this for this german military plane
0: quick question in my flight training did i ever kind of assume what it was what it would cost to have a plane like that again i'm terrible with money from this period i'm cheap
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. So back then, a dollar was worth a shit ton more. right? Like, like a car was, you know, $1,800, $2,000 in, in the 30s, if that. You know, those those are good cars. So a plane probably back then would have been somewhere around 30000 grand.
0: I said he was eager to get rid of it, so I paid about twenty five.
1: And you never wondered why he was eager to get rid of German surplus plane from military? This did not make you concerned? Why did you not fly in commercial? Why have- buy on plane?
0: I've always wanted a plane. And long-range German planes are one of the better ones, apparently.
1: As a writer for a magazine newspaper in the West, you make enough money to have plane.
0: I have a very, very wealthy family back home. But mm. I, journalism is more of my own way of getting out in the world.
1: How have you found Russia?
0: Oh, beautiful... The people are so interesting. I once had a conversation with a woman about borscht for over 45 minutes, and she told me the exact way to do it so that it doesn't go bad on the stove. A a fact that my friend Faye Dawson could have used. But, um, you know, it all happens in the stirring of the pot. If you let it sit too long, it will congeal. And she starts going on this little tirade. And then there was another man who also expressed to me that German artisans are quite fascinating because of all the different influences from Mongolian culture to Russian culture to other types of culture from that intermingled in this very country. It's so large and vast that so many different people come from all over.
1: There's to, only one people in Russia.
0: Well that is true, but historically it is also has become one people because of the inter intermingling. It's amazing. It's culturally A melting pot of beauty you have created up in this country.
1: There's no melting pot in Russia. If you are writing to the West, there is only one people, and those people are born to the Russian-Soviet Party so that we are workers for the masses, for each other, one people under Comrade Stalin.
0: Well, that's what I assumed, but yes, sure, whatever you say. You know best.
1: There was a bag with one of the women that travels with you. It had... Interesting medical supplies, why?
0: She used to work in the medical profession.
1: She is nurse?
0: Was is the key term. Was in the war, uh, World War One. Decided to leave after some traumatic experiences happened during that time, and has become a journalist instead for travel.
1: How did you find this man who taxes your interpreter? Who is he?
0: Barton. Um we got in touch with him through I believe it was one of my agents at my newspaper uh he offered his services and i did not see an objection and my two other uh journalist friends also use him as well as a contact
1: Mm -hmm. he collects his papers stands up walks out shuts the door shorts shuts the door behind him you're left in this very narrow room sitting on a small bench with no backing to the chair uh the only thing in here again is the desk and the other chair the walls are the the windows have been barred over and blackened uh Can't even reach them. Really, they're up pretty high, and the rest and it's just a a small cement stone, you know, wall uh, around you. But enough room where you can sit. You can lay down even if you move the desk out of the way. But for now, there's there's no pillow. There's no cot. They just he just shuts the door and leaves you in here.
0: Okay, I just say good day.
1: Okay, Vadim, you're next. Door opens up. Gentleman comes in, sits down for a moment. Again, no rush. Kind of looks at looks things over. Looks at you. Finally, looks up. I am Conrad Drogheny. Your
2: name is... Doverish. My name is uh, Vadim. Vadim Gavrilov.
1: And you've been in the employ of these women as a translator since the 2nd of September?
2: Mm, yes, that is the day they arrive, yes. I, uh, My employee arranged slightly ahead of that, but yes, that is the, the
1: length of time I have known these women. What have they asked you to see while they are here? What are they looking into?
2: Oh, uh, they've been uh, interested in uh, in uh, uh, the the commerce, uh, the the uh, you know, how the how uh, Russian people are are supplied and given, you know, all of their daily needs by our great state. Uh, they have wanted to see the city, you know, the the architectural wonders, the buildings. You've asked about, uh, you know, government, you know, uh, uh, I have a you know, friend here or there, cousin, information ministry, what have you, you know, how different jobs people have, you know, how uh, we all can contribute to the, to the state and contribute to, to, to each other and what that means in our daily lives. They have been interesting. Too interested, we... perhaps? no mm, don't seem to me they uh they surprise me uh, I think Western uh, Western people would be so interested in our lives but they uh, they seem uh, they seem genuinely uh impressed with with uh with uh, this this great state that we are making and creating here uh, under uh under you know comrade Stalin uh, it seems they are very impressed
1: the vest is very very much interested in seeing inside the, the curtain that we have established for ourselves and for our people. Yes. Sending three women would be very clever, don't you think? Three women who are spies, perhaps, that are here to glean the secrets and then go back and report to their ministers and leaders.
2: I do not think, uh, comrade, you are you are uh, correct. Uh, these women, I mean, unless. Uh... Unless it is important government secret of you know how I get potatoes, I, I do not think uh, that these women are, are that. I think they, I think they are like-minded socialists. They see, uh, they see what we have created here, and I think they are interested in presenting this to their own homes.
1: Like-minded socialists who buy planes as women and fly them German planes. Planes with the money that they have from rich families, these are socialist women to you? You knew of this? Of plane? I the plane s- being a German plane, a military plane? Mm.
2: No, I saw a plane when they land, but uh, uh, not really knowledgeable about aircraft. It seemed mm. nice. Well,
1: leader Brazolovich is very concerned about this plane, and he will be here personally to take over the interrogations of these three women. Mm-hmm. Once I'm done collecting some basic information, of course, how much mm-hmm. are you being paid?
2: Um, I, you know, I would, I'm not really yeah. sure on the, the ruble yeah, or, you know, section, but you know, a reasonable rate, but, uh, certainly nothing, you know, astronomical, uh, that would not, uh, gain any sort of suspicion, but not seem like it's too cheap. I'm a working Understood, man, man. Mm-hmm. that much.
1: Well, I can tell you, comrade, that I am hoping very much for your sake and for the sake of the state. That nothing has been given away, no secrets have been gleaned by these three women. Because if leader Brazilovich is coming here himself, I can only assume that things are not as they all appear. Very rarely do we get the gracious presence of the of the great leader of the OGPU here inside this these walls.
2: I feel honored, comrade. I I am sure that this uh, you know is certainly uh, it is good uh, to have people who are so concerned with our country that they. You know, they, they look, you know, under every stone and make sure that uh, that the country is safe and secure. But I'm sure he will find these women are who they say they are. These are women interested in bringing our life to the rest of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. He stands up, grabs his papers. He says, "But you are right about one thing, Vadim? He says, it is good that there are no secrets here in Russia. And it is good that people like myself and Leader Brazilovich are keeping an eye on things. I'll be, you'll, we will be with you in a moment. He steps back out and shuts the door and leaves you in the interrogation room. Okay, not bad. You did good. Catherine, <laughs> everybody's like, I don't think the I, hell. I,
0: I don't think I did good, but thank you. You did
1: fine. <laughs> you did fine. You you played it like Ella. I mean, you, you could have grabbed them and rolled your eyes up into your head and said, I know your mother is a street walker. I mean, you could have done something like that, you know, and, and did the whole.
0: no. <laughs> <Hey. laughs>
1: Your mother's a gypsy dancer. Uh, I know, but you could have, and then you everybody would have got shot. So you didn't see you. Look how good you did. You did great. Wow. You didn't go that route. All right. Door throws open. Man steps in, puts papers down, goes through this files. One minute. Looks at you. Two minutes. Three minutes. Says nothing. Just keeps looking up at you.
3: Okay.
1: <clears throat> Four minutes.
3: I'm not Faye Dawson. I'm not going to crack.
1: <laughs> I did it, okay? That's what I... I, I'm, I mean, that, that was just be like, that's it. I can't take it anymore. So finally he says, your name? Catherine Ross. Today you made a phone call. Is that correct? Yes. To a man... Named Banks, is this correct? Correct. He is uncle?
3: Yes, on my mother's side. He is English? Correct, so is she.
1: But you are not?
3: No, my father was American.
1: Capitalist. And you are were nursing war and now become journalist? Yes. What brings you to, to Russia? What makes you so... Much wanting to write about the Socialist Party and how we do things here in, in the East. What do you love about about what you see here, Catherine Ross, capitalist?
3: I'm afraid you'll find the story rather feminine.
1: I am not here to find anything except the facts.
3: We'll Leader the Brasilevich
1: will be able to interpret them properly. I am only here gathering information.
3: The facts are she pulls Matthew's dog tags, which she's still been wearing every day for the past 20-odd years from around her neck and, you know, keeps them in her hand, but shows him to them. I had a man die in the war, needlessly. As a nurse, I pronounced him dead myself. And I fell out of love with the ideals that I was born with and what led to our involvement, why. I asked myself that for years as I tended the sick and dying the people that were left over after that war and it made no sense. Why? Why? So after enough time a person can only take so much. So I I left. Went traveling, found like-minded individuals and decided to to write. It's what people do when they're upset. They write, they journal, they they document. I'm trying to fall in love with something else because I don't have a lot to believe in right now. I'm so learning. For myself. You, f-
1: you love to travel. I do. You like to travel in German military planes?
3: What do I know of the plane's military origin? it It's a plane to me.
1: Uh, the other woman, she said that you paid for the plane with her and that you knew it was German.
3: We acquired the plane.
1: Where did you acquire it?
3: We were in... Keeper, this is um, this is Lauren trying to remember. Uh, Katmandu. Mongolia, yeah, Kathmandu. We met someone in Kathmandu who was able to, you know, he had. We knew someone in Kathmandu. He knew someone. We acquired a plane.
1: Where did you come up with all this money for this plane? Being a being a communist, I'm thinking that most money would be very not important for you now. So. Just wondering where you might have been able to acquire so much.
3: Um, again, I I apologize for my story being more sentimental.
1: I'm not here for story, Miss Ross. I'm here for truth.
3: This is my truth. My truth is that I had a terrible life, and I have an uncle who takes care of me. Does whatever I ask.
1: You have a terrible life. You are an educated woman. You came through the war. You travel. You think this is terrible life. Hmm. Interesting. When,
3: when one way of life is all you know then I'm sure that to another person it doesn't seem as terrible.
1: The woman who is sick? Yes. Where did you meet her?
3: Uh, we met in England. She was um, to be employed by my uncle.
1: Your uncle, the man from the museum? Correct. As a journalist?
3: She's the most experienced in terms of travel out of all of us. She was going to be employed on a expedition of some sort, and it fell through. So she was left unemployed.
1: How has Vadham been working with you?
3: He's been—he's been a treasure, um, guiding three ignorant people uh, through a very, a very different place. We're learning to speak the language as best we can. We're—I'm very poor still. Um, he's trying his best. Um, he says you ask many questions. As I said, I—I I wish to learn. This place is foreign to me.
1: Says you ask many questions about. Key members of the cabinet, key members of friends of Comrade Stalin. Is this true? No. So he's a liar.
3: I can tell you that we've asked questions about architecture and economics and the daily lives of the Russian people. I myself am interested in healthcare. I don't believe we've ever asked specifically about an individual here or there. I'm. We're interested in, you know. The, the door cracks
1: are- open. A man steps in in a fully black suit, white shirt, black tie, gold rings on his fingers. Three of them on one hand, two on the other. You're gaining. Motions with two fingers. Man stands up, clicks his heels together, starts walking over. They start whispering. He comes back over, looks at you, picks up his papers, starts to walk out. The other man walks out, shuts the door. An hour goes by. (laughs) (laughs) Doors open up. First, Ella... You're brought out into the. You're brought out into the hallway. Vadim is already standing there. Catherine is being brought out. Faye's being brought out. Faye looks still pretty sick, uh, not doing too well. And you're being taken deeper into the building. This time, it's with guards dragging you by the arms. Um, not as comfortable as when you first came in. They bring you into a room. It is an office. It is decently accrued. Wooden desk probably belonged to the priest. Of the church at one time, uh, there's books on the shelves, but there's also a lot of spaces and gaps in the books. Light is here; it's a couple of gas oil gas lamps that are f- you know f- filtered in because electricity is common, but not all the churches were rewired at this point yet. Not everything was done. This one happens to be on old the old gas style, and uh, the man in the suit is now standing is sitting behind the desk, and you are all you're brought in, and the guards bring you in, and he goes, "You may go. You may go." And one guard lets the others out and shuts the door slowly and shuts you know closes it, and he's like, "Sit down, my friends, sit, sit, please. such a pleasure to finally meet you. I apologize for this, please sit down." He stands up and gets goes over and starts pouring vodkas into glasses. There are chairs aligned in front of the desk for you know for the four of you
3: i I help Faye to sit down and sit beside her.
2: Mm-hmm. Bottom sits on one of the ends. <laughs> okay, so I can duck and roll
1: <laughs> in case it gets hot.
0: <laughs> I sit front and center.
1: Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> he, he comes I over am and he, his fingers are in the glasses. You can't carry four, five, you know, glasses. He drops four of them, pop, 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 pop on the desk, and he's like, "What can I say to people who have so much helped Russia with?" With, uh, I'm so proud of the four of you. And he salutes you with a toast and he holds his glass up, waiting for you to grab a glass and clink it with him. He wants clinky clinky.
3: I'll clink.
2: Yep. Following suit. Okay. He
1: swings it down in one drop.
3: Same. I need it.
1: (laughs) Same. He he goes back around and says, I would love to hear true story of how you three ladies were able to come by the prototype German long-range plane that we are now reverse engineering in our factories at this very moment. I would love to hear this story of how you are able to get such an important piece of military hardware for the Russian state. This is a magnificent event, my friends. We are so proud of you. I would give you medals if you were not from the West.
0: But I wanted to keep that. Uh, I, I, I apologize, but that, I bought that plane.
1: Of course you bought it. Well, of course. He's laughing like he doesn't believe a damn thing you're saying. He's like, of course you bought. you bought. You brought this to show how much you care for the state and how much you hope that Russia can keep up with the technology of the foul socialist Germans. I understand, my friends. He pours again. And he spills some on his desk. He goes right across the four glasses. He goes, a And he clicks glasses again. Faye's like, I really don't feel that well. This will clear you out, Vadim This is the stuff that will make you. You'll be well in the hours. I promise you. That yeah, or so sick it have, won't matter.
3: It's like I, I whispered, "Hey, <laughs> you may have a sip, uh, sir." Not sir,
1: Ivor. Ivor, Catherine. Pleasure. Ivor, Catherine. This is joke. I like this.
3: I, I'm liking this much better than before. Ivor, oh, that rhymes. Um, the the plane.
1: Okay. Magnificent.
3: It, is it...
1: Twice, almost twice the range that a Russian plane is currently able to achieve. The, the fuel capacity, the lift of the plane, the power of the engines, ge- give the Germans what they are. They're incredible at building solid machine. But you know what? Now, so, now Russia has solid machine. And we can, now, we can make 200 of them.
0: It was a joy to fly it. Yes, your, your boys will love it.
1: The fact... That the three of you were able to come together and put your heads together to take such a plane and then have a woman to fly it. Ugh. Stalin himself will not believe it when I tell him. Now, what can I do for you, my friends? You've made it here. We don't worry about him. Don't worry about your gainy. I keep him. Under. He's nothing. He'll write his report. I'll file the report here in the wastebasket. I need to know. You are here. You're now among us. What can I do for you, my friends, to pay you back for such glorious gift to the state? You must, of course, come to dinner. That must be happening first. But what can I do for you?
0: Um,
1: you (laughs) Adam looks like, (laughs) Scott, I gotta tell you, you're just going, (laughs) hmm. He
2: is staying strangely silent. He has... He, he he is afraid to say anything to cue them differently, and he's just thinking his best course of action is I know nothing. He is like Sergeant Schultz right now. <laughs>
3: That's fabulous. I know nothing. Um, Colonel Hogan, please. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: plane? What plane? <laughs>
3: yeah. um, there was a plane? Hogan, we Colonel
0: swam! Was a,
1: there was a plane here?
0: We swam to Russia. Um, you know, uh, my good man, um, Think was, this through. Like,
1: I'm just saying, don't. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to ask for something silly. I,
0: I was just gonna ask. I, I was gonna ask to continue our work. I, I was going. Oh, that's to, good. That's was, really good. Uh, like, continue
3: our work and perhaps better accommodations.
0: I was, <laughs> you know, my good sir. Really, Why all, are you all shaking we. <laughs> <laughs> Shh! I've got. I've got this. What my dear journalist friends and I would really most appreciate is to go back to work and be free to roam more of this amazing country because honestly the fascinating things you've accumulated ruins discovered so quickly employment for women and men alike it is truly a camaraderie of Russians. Of
1: course you can go back to work. I mean is it still your intention to go back to the Isle to the West? I figure now that it,
0: why not spread uh, the story of how well these how well uh,
1: the th- west will f- when the west falls we will be there to pick up the pieces. That's if true. This is this is something you we could do for you. But when we knew when we intercepted communications that plane had been left or lost, uh, the the then then you arrived days later and then. St- one of our people at the airport say that, yes, move plane somewhere out of way, and but to see that it's it, – this was fantastic story that I am so glad that the three of you thought of such a thing. But listen, of course you can continue your work, whatever it is. that If that is all you wish to do is to keep writing for corrupt newspaper, then you do so. I have no problem with it. It's, we will make we will make sure we open up. What that, you want to see a factory? I show you a factory. You want to see how our schools are established and set up, and how the smart children are placed to the front of the class, and the other children are placed to the back of the class. So they don't they just don't really. matter. Catherine,
0: uh, during, like uh, once he's finished talking, it's like, Catherine, weren't we saying the other day that we would like to research more thoroughly at say libraries,
3: access to. A university's library, um, for research purposes, for for the work, would be would be appreciated if at all possible, and if it wouldn't be too disruptive, of uh, the students and professors. Same thing for myself with perhaps um, speaking with a doctor or a nurse in a hospital.
1: Of course, um, of course, this I can arrange.
3: Of course, of course, you can. Of course, you're Ivor, um, <laughs> yeah. a kind man I mean, with a yeah. good drink.
1: I am the drinks are fabulous. Yes, I know this.
3: They are. And I'm, there is um we've we are three women, you know, who share a similar passion for
1: stealing technology from Germany.
3: Ah, <laughs> uh, you you got number 1, but number 2 <laughs> is our second is travel and we've only experienced Leningrad. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. We've only experienced Leningrad so far. And he
1: sits back he sits back in this in the big chair and kind of goes he's listening.
3: And something if there was a way to see the country by rail um smoothly like by train if that's the easiest way to go about it just to see other parts of the nation to see the glorious countryside and you know witness the Bedrock foundation of of Mother Russia.
1: You wish to see other things than Leningrad. You wish to go out to see how the rural spaces of Russia are being used for the farms and the the food baskets for the people, the the workers of our cities and our great industrial our industrious industrious peoples. I see.
3: Yes. Yes. Um, this would
1: be. This could be interesting articles as well to to show that. Our resources are limitless. That we have yes. the land and the space and the and the oil to drive the technology and to the the innovations that we are going to produce under Comrade Stalin in the next decade. Yes, I can see this as being an article. But we must every here's the thing, Miss Catherine. That and of course yourself and Miss Ella and Fay, the Vadem. This is on. I'm going to also put you in charge of this because I I see you're a man who's committed to the cause. The articles that you write outside of Leningrad about the countryside and the things that you will see, uh, should I be – and, of course, I will arrange some sort of transportation, trains, uh, or car, whatever is best to suit this, must be brought through the OGPU and and, and has to be – I'm sorry, my friends. They have to be carefully censored. There are certain things that we, of course, may be innocent to you, but we have to just make sure that everything is – is given to the West without giving away too much. Oh, you know comrade, I, mean. comrade I, too have, I
2: have, yes, I have told the, 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 the ladies from the start, uh, you know, innocently, we do not know everything, and the last thing we would want to do is compromise something important. So, Of course. This
1: this is a man, right? This is his good translator, no? Yes?
0: The best.
3: He's a treasure.
1: Of <laughs> well, these, every worker in Russia is treasure. This is this is the way we this is the way we'll move forward into
2: the next century, yeah? Huh? Our greatest but, resource, comrade, the people. Just,
1: so, tomorrow night, my friends, you are going to be a guest of myself uh. at the very, very important important dinner being hosted by Demoik Medved. D E M O I K M E D V E D. Demoik Medved. This is a great friend. Great member of committee of Stalin himself. Now, I'm sure our great leader will not be able to attend this meeting, but this dinner is to honor another guest of this, of, of, of Russia that is here. And for you, my friends, we hold this in honor of you. There will be many people from the prolet- from the secretariat there. And we, I want to introduce all of you and want to have every one of them shake your hand for such a noble and special thing that you have done.
3: Bully, you honor us Ivor, it's it's too much, but we'll still come because your drinks are
1: excellent. The food will be better. This one, Miss Faye, you have to get, this is an order. You must get better before tomorrow night. There will be pheasant and grudak and grouse. There'll be everything that you can imagine there. This is going to be-
3: All of the birds, Faye. I'll get her
1: well. Don't you (laughs) worry. All the birds. (laughs) He says, good, good, good. Let me Now listen, I know you are staying in that, that building that is fine. It's, it, this is where this is this is not the place to stay. You will stay as mem as guests of the state. I will put you up in 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 a much nicer room, uh, and Vadim will be able to get car. Uh, st- I will have car actually uh, signed to you, Vadim, for the next few days until we get the passages on the trains organized for them to write their There's very special articles. But in the meantime, I'll have a driver and car at your disposal. Take them to the schools. Show them the university. I'll arrange everything. But First, my friends, go home, rest, get her better, please. I get you, and and he starts getting up. He says, but for tomorrow night, dress, dress. It is very, dress nice, beautifully. Be, and you will have greatest time. State show you a great time.
0: You are too kind a host, my good man.
1: He stands up. Somewhere under the desk, you see him kind of make a motion, and the door opens up immediately, and the guards come out, and he says, bring car around, bring car around, and then tell your to get in here, but please, get them, and he gives them an address, and they kind of look at them for a second. He goes, yes, of course. Fifth floor of, of the of of our hotel. And make sure that they are given the rooms they need. All the facilities, please. Now go, go, my friends. And he ushers you out. And the guards take you to the front. And the driver is totally acting incredibly different this time. When he sees the address, you are now members, you know, special guest VIPs here of the Communist Party. And ushered
2: into the car.
0: Oh my. Ooh. This is a... Interesting ton of events.
2: It's a lovely car of the state, is it not, ladies? <laughs> it's this is great honor.
0: It's a very fine vehicle. And
2: the glorious I'm, state is showing you the the wonders of first class of this country.
0: I'm doing this as Faye, and the leather feels so cool against me. It's so <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's so nice and cool. <laughs> I love you, leather. <laughs> it's so much better than walking.
2: As Vadim is, like, gushing about the car and so nice to him, he's kind of giving all of you, like, the stare of, like...
1: (laughs) You gotta describe it for the listeners, because that's classic. (laughs) This this wide-eyed holy shit.
2: (laughs) Like, you know, a little hand motion of, like, you, you know... We're all on display now. <laughs>
1: we're, we're show ponies. I'm a ponies. smuggler, and I'm on display in front of the Secretariat of Russia.
3: <laughs> we're little show ponies. We're worse off than before. I'm
2: going to dinner with <laughs> Demoyk Medved. Wonderful. Look him up. Spooky oh. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky
3: <Yep>. dude. <laughs> Mother of God. Um. Can't say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's going to be a lot of funny people there. Okay. So it drives you through the center of Leningrad um, past the great statue. And it's pointed out to you as in the red square that this is the great statue of Lenin. Of course, you all know that. And you're taken to a place called the Morska Hotel here in Leningrad. And it is about, I don't know, 10 stories, 9 stories. And he told them to put you anywhere on the fifth story and up. So you're actually positioned uh, on the seventh floor, which the rooms are palatial. Just gorgeous. Everything – the poverty that you witnessed, click that off and bring it all the way back to absolute opulence. This is not about efficiency. This is about comfort, creature comforts. The mirrors are gold-leafed. They're huge. They're like 10-foot high. Uh, The ceilings are massive. The doors are like almost French doors, but they're the kind that go all the way up to the actual – so they're like 10-foot doors – Um, That open with all gold fixtures. This is absolutely the antithesis of what you've been seeing in the rest of the city is in this particular hotel, the Morska. There are guards positioned by the elevators and everything, but you do not feel that they are keeping you in. They are just simply there for protection of VIPs. Um, There's a bathroom in every room. The water is hot and cold, which is to Fatima, is like, that's probably the most impressive thing he's seen. <laughs> you know, it's like you hot actually bath. have hot and, and cold. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, all of that's going on. And, and Yeah. And they're just, you have been, they have rolled out the diamond rugs for you guys, the red carpet plus. So this is the room, you know, the elevators work. <laughs> they're, 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 at, you know, they work. Yeah. Uh, bus boys bring your stuff up but they're all in everybody that works in the hotel is in some sort of military uniform except the concierge desk you know the front desk and you're not paying for anything it's just keys are given to you right you're just you are absolutely here because you've done something great
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I hi, side up to Vadim and whisper in his ear just in case I don't know peep holes I, I'm being cautious mm-hmm. Priest, we left at the
2: house. We will worry about Priest later.
0: But if they find him, they'll know we're lying about something.
2: Mm, It is out of our control right now.
0: He just got a safe house.
2: (laughs) He's just got a room with a view.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's just got a whole new apartment.
1: So, you show you two of the rooms. Vadim, you have a smaller uh, room off to the side. The women are sharing a very large room. It has... Three three rooms off of it that kind of like bedrooms and stuff. So this looks like it was once a floor of like a pen like an apartment that they've turned into a a, a room for like a family a VIP family or whatever. But the girls are going to use it separately, and you're right next door. Again, very nice. I mean, probably the biggest room you've been in, you know, and most accrued that you know the just the the the, the opulence of it. The curtains are beautiful. Uh, everything and and again, of course, there's a picture of Stalin on the wall. It's got all that dictatorship to it, uh, you know. But the facade itself, the the look of it, is just just magnificent. Ladies, you get Faye in. you kind of help her get cleaned up. You put her to bed within about a half hour. Unless you, are you guys trying to meet quicker than that? Or are you just kind of giving the everybody the lay of the land to kind of get settled in for a few minutes?
3: I was gonna act completely naturally and have a bath and then make a cup of tea and have a smoke. Okay. Like I'm T- going to you there's totally no natural.
1: there the only thing that's not in here is a, a kitchen. It's a hotel. Oh, right. So it's been uh, right. So they've that's something you can just ring downstairs for. Okay, but that's not so a problem.
3: I'll I can ring. Like it know, comes up on a, si- on a silver
1: yeah, it comes up on silver trays. Right. They also send up a fruit tray, a cheese tray, you know, things like that. Vadim, the same thing for you. They bring over some food. Is there a balcony? Leave, there is a balcony out the front.
2: Yep. No, no, I like from the room, right? Their balcony off the room, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'll throw them. But it faces the it faces out towards front the square. front of the hotel. Gotcha. Yeah, front of the hotel. Yep, yep. Uh, is there only one bathroom? In your room, yes. There's one in their
2: room as well. Oh, okay. okay. We each have a bathroom. Good. Oh, yeah. Vadim would uh, would start uh, the bath really, really hot and mm-hmm. start steaming up the bathroom.
1: Okay, ladies, you're getting ready. Uh, ladies, there's a knock at your door as is drawing his bath. Uh, three women walk in and they've got about twenty five dresses. Oh. And they start showing you different outfits for tomorrow night for the for the, the meeting. All of them are top end, but they have, you know, different styles. The colors are anything that goes, you know, it's very formal and it's September. So they're, they're, they're not super, super heavy, but they have sleeves because the evenings get a little chill. But yeah, they're just showing you. And like one of them, Faye picks, it doesn't quite fit her. The woman pins it up and says that it'll be back tomorrow by noon. She'll have it ready for her. So yeah, you're all able to design or come up right. with an outfit for yourselves. So let me know that. Vadim, the The bath is just getting finished. Knock on your door. Gentleman comes in and shows you the suit. They're all tuxedos, right? Simple styles. Men's cuts are very, very, it's either one button, two button, whatever. But he just makes sure your size is right and he leaves it for you and says with, you know, compliments of Lida Brezolovich for tomorrow night, comrade.
2: All right, so what were you going to do with the steam? So I'm letting it run. Um, actually not stopping up the toilet, the, the tub, I mean, so rudimentary listening devices back then would, uh, would, uh, be damaged if they were exposed to uh, heavy steam for a long period of time. Um, so I'm letting the bathroom steam for a good hour. Um, so if there's any listening devices in the bathroom, uh, that that they would uh, likely be damaged and it would be a safe room to be able to talk in.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. That goes by uneventful, I mean the water changes temperature slightly here and there. I mean an hour of running hot water is a lot, but a hotel its i mean it would be able to handle almost anything, so yeah, you're able to do that not a problem
2: and then I start um inspecting my room just you know nonchalantly um you know I have ways to see if uh, if you know mirrors to a mirror um kind of pulling up behind uh you know uh uh picture frames and things of that nature uh to see if to see if there's any uh Direct observation or spy, you know, you know, ability to to watch us in that in that room as well.
1: So, yes, the phone is tapped. Mm-hmm. That's number one.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: behind your mirror, there also is a, a wire running up the side of the wall. You see nothing to the bathroom. OK, not that it wasn't a great idea and it may be there, but the bathroom you you don't find much. Good. But there is something that runs – remember I said the mirrors go oh, – they're huge. They go up to the ceiling. Yep. The wire is running up the side, you know, behind the mirror into the ceiling. But I don't so see – So the room is definitely – I
2: don't see anything of uh, – that they might be able to shoot, uh, you know, film uh, through or something like that to uh, to. No, it's us. all
1: just – it's pretty much listening.
2: Okay. Good, good. I grab a – there's like a writing desk, so I would grab a pad of paper um, mm-hmm. and uh, after I shut off the bathroom and such, I kind of go out and just put down the pad of paper with the pen and anybody that's there, I just motion towards. You know, anything is going to be written correspondence in the ladies' room. You mean uh, there's like a common room, right? Like each of us have a bedroom, and then there's a common room. So no, they they have that. You have a separate room to yourself. So you'd oh. have to walk
1: into the hallway. Yeah, you'd have to come out into the hallway, knock on theirs, and come in. They have a they have a large like a three bedroom like it used to be maybe a suite or a penthouse like something bigger. Gotcha. Um, and then just slightly down the hall, there's there's smaller rooms. Yours is still. No, no, I understand. Yeah,
2: yeah, but it's 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 totally separate from the women. Okay. Um. Yeah. Then I would, um, I would uh, go and knock on their door and see if anybody is available. All right, ladies. The
1: door is knocked. You let you look out quickly. It's Vadim. He's standing there. Takes some paper out from under his jacket or whatever. I'm sure you mm-hmm. you know leaves puts the pen on the desk. Smi- you know. And Hello. as
2: he's you know ew, you know beautiful rooms that demonstrate the. The, the opulence that, that uh, Russia can have to, to show those uh you know that that how important you know and I'm going through the the yeah the, all the, the, the uh, spiel it's
3: the nicest room I've ever stayed in
2: absolutely so grand keying phrases and all of that and as I'm doing that I'm 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 you know when I pause and somebody else takes over writing you know or, or talking you know then I would write down and um, you know I write you know write down rooms are bugged and as we're talking then I also kind of start looking around their room to see if I could uh, inspect similarly what I found in my room. If I'm seeing, you know, assuming that I'm going to find a similar setup here.
1: Yep. Mirror. Yep. Um, and each of their bedroom mirrors are also bugged.
2: Yep. Okay. And, um, you know, I write to, you know, the, I, I tell them the the steaming technique so that they, uh, they might be able to make a uh, a safe place in the bathroom where they could talk, but that they shouldn't do that for like a long period of time. Cause that's suspicious. Yep. Yeah, um, and okay. rely on writing, you know, writing back and forth.
3: Are there fireplaces?
1: And yours, yes.
3: Okay, so we can burn papers.
1: Nice. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yours There's is land, huge. plan
3: because when we leave, I don't want maids coming in and being like they've been writing, yeah.
1: scribbling on it with a pencil, trying to figure out the imprint. <laughs> so That's we can too many too many spy <laughs> movies, kids. Too many spy movies.
3: You know what? You've raised me well. Also, <laughs> I'm a ball of anxiety, Prepared for anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> be prepared. So we there can
2: we can we can Insiety converse evil. and uh, and just you know assume that it's being written course you know written written correspondence or r- yes go ahead of forth. course Yep. okay, okay. I mean uh, while someone's making silly small talk
1: for the listening devices four people in a room standing silently for an hour <laughs> would be crazy so yes <laughs> yeah whoever's you did know whoever's you, not talking be anybody
0: did you try yeah, well, the continental breakfast
2: yeah well for now. Sure, you can go ahead and write something. Uh, Thoughts? I am nervous about dinner at the minister's house tomorrow.
1: Vadim says, Vadim writes, nervous.
3: Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag same. Uh.
2: (laughs) Do Do we want to try to secure our passage on the rail through this? It would be official cover.
3: We'd get through things easy. But then if something were to go wrong, we're under intense scrutiny there.
2: I'm afraid where we're at now, uh, scrutiny is going to be with us for the rest of the time you're in Russia.
3: We've also, how do, how do we get out event, eventually? Like when it's time to go?
2: Sometimes plans are better left to be made on the cuff.
3: Let's oh, take no. it as it comes. Uh, I, have, oh, no. I,
2: have, I have contacts.
3: <laughs> okay, good.
2: And, and I'm from the country. And it's easy to get lost in the country.
3: Fantastic. Goat farms. Is Are there any? You've always wanted one. I know, I, I always have.
2: Have you ever seen Russian goats? Some of the, There are some big, demonic, scary-looking Russian goat breeds.
3: I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, hashtag Catherine's Goat Farm. We should, for several days, play nice, go to dinner, do little walking tours and university research and wear their dresses and eat their borscht and just be very nice for several days.
1: What about Paulina?
0: I don't know. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Ella would be the first to write about, like, we need to get the girl out of here. I don't know what we can do about that
2: now. No, I mean, v- Vodum's position is, there's nothing we can do for Tasha. You know, if she right. is, if she is... In the custody of the OGPU, her fate is in their hands. All we can do is try to protect Paulina, get her back to work, get her free of any suspicion.
3: And we're kind of in OGPU custody, but ours is just a pillowed cell.
2: You are in a silk-lined cell.
3: It's not the same boat as, as Portasha,
1: but... Um, there is a knock on the door again. Oh no! Two waiters come in with a full cart of ham and some other dinner items sweet potatoes and all kinds of things that with russian flair uh, a a thin soup for the lady who's not feeling well and they oh, they bring it in and there's another one behind it with dessert and then a ma- a gentleman walks in in a brownish just regular suit not not superly good fitting glasses and he's got some books under his arm and he says comrades i am comrade Procef- professor droiko And I have been asked by Leader Brazilovich to begin working with you on your Russian. So, enjoy your dinner. I leave you these textbooks. I expect chapters one and two ready for tomorrow morning. And I will be back then to help you escalate your time here in getting the language under your control.
3: I thank him in Russian as best I can.
0: Do svidanya.
1: He says, hmm. Disgusting, but we will work on it. You will get better, comrades. So So disgusting. Yeah, quite. I will see you all tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. And that's where we'll cut it off for tonight. Ooh, all right, kids. Depressed. OGPU. Here's where we get into it.
2: You know, we could just lean into this and live the good life, you know? <laughs> we could just steal, like, maybe other planes. Do you really need this, like, skin? Because this is pretty good right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I'm not very comfortable being a part of a society that is currently beating a poor woman senseless while possibly killing her boyfriend in front of her eyes.
2: You but mean in the building that you were in?
0: Probably, yeah.
2: You can't uh, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs.
0: That's not a good <laughs> observation <laughs> in this scenario.
2: Listen, we all have our hardships. No, no, no. The, Vadim, Vadim, is finding himself completely uncomfortable and disgusted. He sees the absolute. <laughs> the time. He sees, and you're the, one of them. No, uncomfortable and disgusted. He's he sees the absolute hypocrisy of the state. Uh, seeing the opulence of this hotel just makes him want to vomit. So, and it, it just it just steals his hate for everything that the uh, the ruling class has uh, represents. Yeah, because this is not what
1: he was, this was not what was promised. Not at all. No. no. So, but I I hope that was a surprise. That wasn't exactly what you expected. So that's no. good. It was a surprise.
2: Thought,
3: it was a surprise. I genuinely <laughs> surprise. thought I killed us.
2: Did, did you guys think that that was going to be some super clever, like, like, like he was like the sarcastic interrogator that was going to torture us after he's like, oh, yeah. thank you. Now yeah. we're going to pull your fingernails out.
0: Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I yes, thought, I thought he, dad was going to do the classic, like, oh, look at that, and then go really deep with the voice and just I be like, I so know you didn't get that plain <laughs> legally. When he started
2: saying thank you, I'm like, oh shit, this just got bad. <laughs>
3: that, honestly, that's why she was drinking so much. It's like, if I'm going to die, at least I'll be like, sauced.
1: <laughs> well, you know, kill the pain for as long as you can with the alcohol. <laughs>
3: Uh, can I just have one more? And one more? Listen,
1: one more and I'm not going to feel you taking my nails. You go right ahead. Oh, oh, Lordy. All right.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.